And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. Well, Mark, it's nice to have you today here on this Saturday. Uh, We've got a very interesting discussion uh, queued up for us today, and that is concerning the environment. And now, Mark, I know that you are a lover of the outdoors, and probably later on in the discussion, you'll be able to share with the listeners uh, your experiences as an outdoorsman. But, you know, uh, recently uh, we came through a lot of media attention, and rightfully so, uh, with this BP oil spill in the Gulf, and uh, just millions and millions of gallons of oil uh, spilled out from that uh, oil well that was, what, maybe a mile below the surface of the water. Um, BP obviously was forced to drill way out in deep water. And um, also, my wife and I, our family, uh, we live here in what we call the town of Olive, um, and it's in the New York City watershed area. And so for, you know, all the time that we've been living here, uh, we've been under extra rules and regulations regarding care for the land. But I'm quick to say, as a Christian, that uh, we would have cared for the land anyway. I mean, we're not out to try to destroy the land or anything. About the only extra rule that we've had to adhere to was, you know, we built our own house back in uh, 83, and we had to install a raised septic field. And uh, so that was like an extra requirement. But other than that, um, it's really no different than living in any other place. As a Christian, we just automatically care for the land. And um, let's start with this. Um, you know, some people say that Christianity is against the environment. And uh, what are some of the biblical perspectives as we approach this whole subject of, of the environment that will help us see it from God's perspective? Yeah, I think one of the things that's that's very important to understand with the environment is that it is a creation of God. Now, we have actually competing environmental concepts going on today. And I use the term environment because uh, that's what's been used in this day and age. But the concepts are different. In other words, for example, we have... Earth Day now, right? Earth Day. Yeah, we yeah. didn't. We didn't have Earth Day, did no, we? No, when I was growing no, up. No, no. What did we have? Um, we had a birthday. I had my birthday. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we had Arbor Day. Yeah, that was it. Arbor, Arbor Day. Day. Plant a tree. Plant a tree. Yeah, and, and we're very concerned about planting trees and everything. Sure. But now Earth Day has come in, and what is the focus of Earth Day? Focus of Earth Day now is the planet is almost. A God in and of itself. I'm glad you mentioned that, because uh, in prepping for this discussion today, that clearly was one of the themes that continually came up. And it's contained in this little phrase, and it's a false religion, starting with a P, and that's pantheism. Right. What, what is this pantheism? Yeah, pantheism believes that God is in everything. Hmm. And it's a throwback to uh, much of the pagan religions. Mm-hmm. You notice the pagan religions often look at the thunder and look at a thunder god sure. and a plant god. And, and there's okay. And, and so you have 
a pantheism where God is in everything. Mm-hmm. You know, before the uh, mics were open and before you uh, stopped by the studio here today, I did find one helpful video online that our listeners may want mm-hmm. to look at. It's found on AmericanVision.org. Uh, Dr. Gary DeMar uh, discusses, it's just a brief little video, mm-hmm. um, environmentalism. And uh, he um, looks at a book that was written way back, I think it was in 1960, you know, even before the environmentalist movement <laughs> and all of that. And it was written by uh, Francis Schaeffer. Yeah. It's called Pollution and the Death of Man. And it's a Christian view of ecology, was the word used then. And Schaefer was pointing out that um, the concern about pantheism, the concern about making this world out to be uh, basically a god in and of itself, and worshiping the earth. Um, You know, if we start saying that everything is God, um, that really is uh, pantheistic. And uh, DeMar's point was, uh, if you start looking at the environment in that way as a way of protecting the environment, ultimately it doesn't work out because if you choose that route, you won't do anything with the environment. You won't uh, experiment with it. You won't develop things out of it. You won't improve it because you fear that you're going to affect your God. Yeah. You see it in another area in terms of, of conservation and preservation. Now, there are two terms that can technically be looked at. And here again, mm-hmm. you have to look at when did a lot of these things start. Now, let me first define conservation versus preservation. Yeah, please, yeah. The conservationist is someone who looks at the environment and says, we need to keep a lot of what's here, but we need to use it. Mm-hmm. We'll use it, but we'll use it in such a way that we're going to to still have it left over. The preservationist is the one who looks at it and says, leave only footprints, take only pictures. In Uh other words, we are not going to do anything with this thing, and we're going to leave this. Mm -hmm. I believe the preservationist would definitely be one that would either fit into the model of pantheism or, if you will, uh, an atheistic Mm -hmm. evolutionism, a naturalism that's, that's risen out of that, in contrast to the conservationist, which is grown out of a creationist or a theistic mm-hmm. worldview of God, the Creator. Yeah, when I was a boy uh, growing up and we would go fishing and that sort of thing, conservationism was a positive concept. It, and, and it had been around, especially yeah. in this country, for a hundred years. Sure. You know, it because what was not this country? This country had a Christian worldview behind it. And so when it came to the environment, you had a conservation type of thing. And then as we've come more towards this pantheistic type thing Mm -hmm. in the 70s, what we've had is more of a preservationism, which has actually come into conflict with some of the conservation. It's interesting. There was a book written in the 70s by John F. Rigger called The American Sportsman's and the Origins of Conservation. And basically he writes in this book, You know, a lot of people think that uh, we finally discovered the environment in the 1970s. Yeah. Yeah, And and he points out, no, we didn't discover it in the 1970s. In fact, there'd have been nothing left to save if it hadn't been for the American (laughs) sportsmen who discovered it long before then. Well, that's very true. And, And those of you who are out there who are sportsmen, whether hunters or fishers, 
you know, we owe a debt of gratitude to you guys because um, you're just following in the footsteps of the sentiment of this book that you're referring to here. This older book, American Sportsman and the Origins of Conservation, I believe was the title. And um, it really was these sport hunters who had an interest in keeping the wild uh, well-stocked with a fresh supply of targets. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, it was often said, if you want to preserve an animal, make a game animal out of it. The sportsman will make sure it'll persist. That's right. Hey, I see we're out of time already. We've got to take a quick break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Today we're talking about environmentalism right here on A Plain Answer. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Prior to our break, uh, Mark, you had referenced a book that probably is still available, and maybe you can just describe this book briefly to our listeners. I'm not sure whether it is available, but it's, uh, again, The American Sportsman and the Origins of Conservation. Uh, by John F. Rieger. Mm-hmm. How do you spell that? It's R-E-I-G-E-R. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it's German, it would be Rieger. Mm-hmm. But, uh, now, you were mentioning that the, the sport hunters always uh, in the past have had this interest in keeping the wild well-stocked with a fresh supply of targets. Now, I remember right. growing up as a boy, I would, I would get either, I think it was Outdoor Life or Field and Stream, and these were all good publications for a boy who was interested in fishing. I wasn't into hunting at the time. That came later in life. But uh, there is a godly use of right. this creation. And I think that's the point that's coming out here today. As we look at the Christian faith in the Bible, uh, what do we derive from that as the proper 
perspective as we look at this world in terms of how we interact with this world, how we use the resources of this world. Um, how does God instruct us? Can, can you share with our listeners from that point of view now? Right. Well, if we start off right in Genesis 1, that God had created everything and he created it very good. Now, I'm not going to read mm-hmm. all through it, but we understand that God created it very good. But he also, in it, did point out that in Genesis first in chapter 1 and then in chapter 8, that we're to utilize it and that we're to be over the earth. Hmm. And it said, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Now, this is a human being, which, by the way, also makes a great distinction. And uh, maybe this is a distinction we need to enlarge on maybe Mm -hmm. in a subsequent program. But it said, so God created man in his own image. That is a huge distinction. It is. And in the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. Now, we are created in the image of God. Therefore, we are are above all the other creation. Now, this is a distinct difference between, for example, naturalistic evolution. Yeah. Which says uh, we're just the same, we're just another animal. That's all we are. We're just a little more uh, evolved than the neighborhood toad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and maybe the dolphins are more evolved than we are. Yeah, we you knows. never know with so, that worldview. Yeah. But here the scripture is clear, isn't it? Uh, God gives mankind a special position. Right. There's no other creation in this universe that is like mankind. Exactly. And so when he goes on and he talks about that, he says, And fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, can you give an example how this fleshes out such that Man is having dominion, let's say, over the fish. Can you give us an example of that? Man has a dominion over the fish in that we catch fish, we eat them, Mm -hmm. but also we manage our fisheries as well, and so that we will continue to have plenty of fish. We're concerned about them. We talked about uh, the Horizon oil spill. We're immediately concerned about what is going to happen to the fisheries. Sure. And so in, in that case, we work on trying to catch the uh, the oil or trying to break it up or using technology to try to ameliorate the effects that it might have on mm-hmm. the fisheries. You know, I'm reminded of uh, this. We're talking about fish, but uh, animal life in general. Proverbs chapter 12, verse mm-hmm. 10 reminds us that a righteous man regards the life of his animal. And first of all, it shows that there's an ownership, there's a priority. Man who is made in the image of God owns the animal, or he owns the fish, or he owns the land, but he doesn't abuse the animal. He will have the animal for food, but there's procedures you follow when you uh, butcher an animal. So there's a minimal suffering. You know, we've, right. we've, can I say it over the air? We've had to butcher some chickens years ago. Uh, we raised rabbits for a while, and there's very effective and fast means of butchering so that the animal doesn't suffer. And so um, these animals are cared for. You know, <laughs> I travel uh, Route 213 uh, from the town of Olive towards Stone Ridge from time to time. 
and I go past this beautiful farm. It's owned by the Osterhouts, and I don't think they'd mind us saying this. They have some beautiful um, black Angus herd, and I know, and you know, that there's one reason why those animals are being raised. Ultimately, they're going to end up on somebody's plate. (laughs) But between now and then, those animals are cared for something marvelously. They're healthy animals, they're properly fed, and uh, there's an example of this local farmer being a righteous man and regarding the life of his animal, and that's what God has. So um, there is a godly view of this creation, and it does not include, let me be very specific here, and I hope we don't offend someone, it does not include organizations like PETA. What is, what does the that phrase stand for? People eating tasty animals? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> People for an, the ethical treatment of animals. Yeah. God was way ahead on this whole ethical treatment of animals, but first of all, he laid down the ground rules. He showed us how to properly treat animals. And so uh, the ethics, if they don't flow from God, there are no ethics right. at all. We um, got into that uh, side issue a little bit, but you were sharing about this book, American Sportsman and the Origins of Conservation. And I really like that phrase, conservation, and I appreciate the fact that you made a distinction, Mark, between conservation and preservation, and the idea of um, the preservationists, or the modern environmentalists, of trying to preserve the world so that it lasts forever. Now, are we to... We're certainly not to destroy the world. Uh, What's the right view in terms of care now? Step it up a notch from the fish to the actual world, the mountains, the water, da-da-da. As Christians, how are we to uh, care for this world? Well, again, I think uh, our care for the world is always to look at it in terms of gifts of God. And if it is a gift of God, uh, just as you would not take a gift that someone gave you and uh, abuse it in front of their face, mm-hmm. uh, but use it, there we are to use it the best we can for the good of other human beings. So mm-hmm. this is what we want to do uh, with that. But we also understand that this earth has an end. Yes. And it's not going to last forever. No, it's it's not eternal. And you sometimes get the feeling that these preservationists are trying to preserve the earth, that this is the end of all things. But it's not. Um, we find in Second uh, Peter 3.10 that at the end of the age, the earth and all that God has created will be destroyed. And he tells us, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. So, uh, yeah, we have this physical, natural earth in its present form, and yet uh, someday the entire universe will be uh, destroyed, consumed, and we will have a new heaven and a new earth. And that's fascinating. I don't really understand all what that's going to be like. Maybe you can help us a little bit there. This is important to understand, and I don't understand either what that is all about, the new heaven and the new earth. Mm -hmm. But we know it is a new heaven and a new earth, and it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth without sin. And what we need to understand is that sin affected this creation. It not only affected human beings in their relationship with Mm -hmm. God, it affected the creation. If we look in Romans 8, Mm -hmm. it talks about creation groaning. Verse 19, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, 
For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage of decay and obtain a freedom of the glory of the children of God. Hmm. It goes on and talks about the creation groaning. But what that passage makes clear is when Adam and Eve fell, creation fell. Consequently, we live in a creation. And this is kind of a tension that we always live in. Mm -hmm. A creation that was created very good, incredibly Mm -hmm. good, but still fallen. And so you still have problems. Therefore, if it's fallen, we can improve on it. If it's fallen, it is changing. That's a good point. And I, I'm not sure I've ever really thought of it in those terms. So that after the fall, we have creation marred, and we have a responsibility to improve upon that right. creation. That That is a cool concept, if I can use that phraseology. And also, it encompasses the idea of stewardship and caretaking exactly. uh, this, this creation. Not abusing but taking care of. And yet, as we do that, we don't have the notion, like some environmentalists, that we're trying to preserve the earth for thousands or even millions of years to come. Um, Of course, we don't know God's timing when when this Mm -hmm. world will end, but uh, we do look forward to the return of Christ. And this earth is not all there is. (laughs) It's not an end in itself, and certainly is not God. That's right. That's very key to our understanding of this world. Our focus, again, is the new heaven and the new earth, but again, with responsibility to this one, mm-hmm. realizing that some of the things that go on in this world can't and should be changed yeah. if we can. That's right. And, of course, one of the things that we do, for example, is when we grow our gardens. What are we doing? We're changing the earth. We're getting yeah. rid of weeds. We're you weeding bet. the gardens. We're keeping things out so that we can produce more food so that we can not only have enough for ourselves, but to share it. And boy, if you don't weed that garden and care for it, it becomes a, a nightmare. And uh, right. here's a personal story. Uh, lately, Debbie and I have been so busy. Uh, about 10 years ago, we had this beautiful garden. We have not had time to work on our garden, and it's it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't produce anymore. It, it kind of tears my heart out, but we haven't had time to work on it. But, uh, Mark, tell us about uh, the Scripture where God makes a promise regarding the continuance of this present earth, obviously until the last day, and what we are to expect. In other words, some people might say, well, because of global warming, quote-unquote, something terrible is going to happen, or that we're going to have a future worldwide ice age, or whatever. What does God say about all of that? Yeah, This is from Genesis chapter 8, and of course it's after the flood. Mm -hmm. And God is making this promise. And he says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Now, one of the things that we have to understand is God is the creator of this universe. Mm. He is also the preserver of this universe. He sustains it. He does. He sustains it. And yeah, we can make a mess on some things, but our ability to really is infinitesimal compared to what God To really do. affect things. Right. It, it, is. it is. And I'm even finding, I have a personal theory I'm not really ready to share yet regarding the uh, Gulf oil spill, but I shared it with my kids. I said, you watch the way this is going to work out. And uh, here's the idea in, in gross terms, and that is 
the earth has a good deal of self-healing built yes. into it. And uh, I think we've underestimated the resiliency of this giant earth that God has created. Even though it's yet laboring under the curse, there's much that works very well yet. And uh, there, there's a whole separate subject there of a plain answer someday we need to talk about. I see we're out of time already for this discussion today. Here on A Plain Answer, we've had the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. I'm thinking maybe next week we can continue this discussion a little bit more, Mark. But uh, if people have uh, a comment or a question for you, because you, we didn't even get into this yet, you are a bona fide outdoorsman, a guide on trips and, and in mountains and kayaks and all of that. Uh, we didn't touch any of that yet. Uh, maybe they can just simply email you. Go mm-hmm. to our website. There's a contact page there. Just simply email your question, and uh, we will address it here on another edition of A Plain Answer. But for today, we're out of time, and we want to thank you for joining us, and thank you for listening to this program. A reminder that you can also find it listed on our website, RedeemerBroadcasting.org, and there are podcasts there, and it's also linked over to iTunes. And so uh, as we wrap up today, uh, Mark, I'm just wondering, do you have any wrap-up thoughts for our listeners? The wrap-up thought that I would have is first understand that this world is created by God, and yet it is fallen. We are fallen. Hmm. And so what this world needs and what we need is a Savior. Hmm. And that's what we have received when Jesus Christ came and died on the cross. He died and rose again that he might give us eternal life. And that's what we need. The biggest Savior we have mm. is not us. It's Jesus Christ. Yeah, look to him and be saved. Thank you, Mark. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Thank you so much for joining us today for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 